Episode 39 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on May 31st, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, Keith Kanig makes good on his promise to deliver the roadmap by the end of May. Buckle up, because he's taking us all on a road trip. And finally this week, I continue my series on newbie PvP with a discussion on Warzone Objectives. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the State of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 39 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I am your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another amazing show lined up for you today. First, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. And I have only one announcement for this week, and that is a reminder that the folks from Corellia Run Radio are holding a writing contest. It's called This Ain't You Wampa, Your Wampa's Writing Contest contest and it is a fan fiction contest and here's how it works all entries will need to use one or more of six images for inspiration and since this is since this is radio and not television i can't show them to you but they are screenshots from the game so for example one is of three characters start staring out at a tatooine sunset from inside uh, the stronghold There is another of four characters in a cantina and another of a character sitting in the grass on Voss facing a tiny astromech droid. You can write a paragraph, two paragraphs, or maybe even a short story from beginning to end. And they said this is about having fun and creativity, so let your imaginations run wild. You can have as many entries as you like. However, each entrant can only win one prize. And want to know what you're playing for? I thought you did. Uh, first prize is an Audible book download and a 60-day subscription code. Second prize is 1,050 cartel coins. And third prize is 450 cartel coins. The contest runs until June 20th, and winners will be announced at the end of June on a live show of Corellian Run Radio. So it's a pretty good contest, and I don't normally enter um, all the various contests that, that these uh good folks hold but this one is kind of fun this is intriguing it's a little bit different so i am giving it some serious thought because i do enjoy writing so i i I may give this one uh, a serious look and again again the contest closes on june the 20th all right so that is all the announcements that i have so let's slice the hollow net and review the news this week now, I am late with the show this week because I wanted to wait for the producer's roadmap to go live. Monday was a holiday here in America, which meant it was unlikely that it would be posted on Monday, which is when I record the show. And since Keith said unequivocally that it would be here at the end of May, I figured Tuesday was the likely candidate with Wednesday as a last resort. Well, good news, everyone. The roadmap is here, and Keith did a tremendous uh, job keeping us informed every step 
of the way. And it wasn't, it was a little bit touch and go this week because on Tuesday, Keith updated everyone on the status of the roadmap. And here's what he had to say. Hey, all, there were skeptics, skeptics among you regarding my ability to deliver the roadmap in May. I'm sitting here in disbelief, having to acknowledge you just might be right. I realize we have all day tomorrow, tomorrow being Wednesday, uh, too, but I didn't want to wait until the very last day to provide an update. The roadmap is nearly here. I'm still making a number of adjustments based on internal reviews and working diligently to get them included and signed off. My goal now is to get it out this week, so until it's ready to go, I'll commit to providing you with a daily update through Friday. To be honest, I definitely underestimated the amount of time this was going to take. Humbly, Keith. And then earlier in the day on Wednesday, he gave us this update. And he said, hi all, as I told you yesterday, I wanted to make sure I gave you a daily update about the roadmap. When you get to know me better, you'll realize how important it is to deliver on my word. Also being transparent means I'm setting myself up for an onslaught of negativity, even though the intention behind my communication is a gesture of good faith between us. I sincerely appreciate everyone who's been very understanding, and I take to heart the less flattering comments to see how I can do better next time. I saw a shirt the other day that made me laugh, uh, and it read, I'm a lead producer. Yes, I am crazy. What sane person would actually do this job? In all seriousness, I'm totally enjoying the interactions with you and can't wait to initiate new discussions about what's next with SWOTOR. So I'm up to my fourth command rank 300 character, and I have been putting a lot of thought into what to level next. It's a pretty hard decision, you know. I have quite a few characters, and I really do want to spend time with them, with all of them. Do I play Imperial or Republic this time? I just finished my healer, so maybe my tank? Oh, roadmap status update. It's still May, albeit the last day of May, but the roadmap is being posted this afternoon. Huzzah, Keith. So, a few episodes back, I said that Keith, the player, is definitely one of us, and I'm sure if it were up to that guy, he'd have told us everything long ago. Unfortunately, it's Keith, the producer, that's responsible for the roadmap, and he does not work in a vacuum, which means the delay was probably less about him writing the roadmap, although he did say he had a few edits there, versus getting sign-off on what he could include and how he could say it. Despite the bureaucracy... Keith came through with the roadmap, which I'm delighted to cover right now. So pack up the cooler and load your mobile device with your favorite tunes because SWOTOR game producer Keith Kanig is taking us all on a road trip. It's 106 miles to the next expansion. We have a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses, so let's hit it. And in case you haven't seen it, Keith Kanig delivered his roadmap as promised. Now, the roadmap covers all gamuts of the game, including operations, PvP, story and companions, and quality of life changes. The roadmap includes a schedule of when some of these features will be released, and it contains a plan on how the team will communicate with us moving forward. It's a lot to dissect, so let's break this down like a scavenger ransacking a starship in the junkyard of Jakku. So, operations. There was no mention of future operations beyond gods from the machine. That said, I'd be shocked if a new operation wasn't planned each expansion moving forward. 
If God's from the machine wasn't the result of a lesson well learned, then they're just building a second Death Star with the same fatal flaw as the first one. And I'd like to think that this statement from the roadmap is a manifesto on how they plan to deliver operations from here on out. And this is what Keith wrote. Delivering an operation is a fundamental change in our direction this year. And our plan is to provide you with a new boss encounter every few months. By doing it this way, we can deliver high-quality, challenging boss fights much faster than making you wait until the end of the year for an expansion. Now, just because there isn't a new operation planned doesn't mean we won't get new stuff out of them. Knowing that we'll eventually have these bosses on farm and we'll be fully geared, BioWare is adding platinum-quality items to induce us into coming back each week. These items will drop from certain bosses in veteran and master modes uh, and we'll just have to wait and see what the details are on this and of course we are going to get the remaining bosses from gods from the machine released through from now and probably till the end of the year and i mean i know there's a line in here that says much faster than making you wait until the end of the year for an expansion and i don't know if that actually means they're going to give us a new expansion at the end of the year it's a possibility, and I'll, I'll share some thoughts on that in, in just a little bit. Uh, one of the other big topics in the roadmap was player versus player, PvP, and perhaps the only words that excite players more than new operation are new war zone, and there's one coming later this year. As someone who is fast becoming a PvP junkie, I am going to temper my excitement here until I know more. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't exactly jump for joy when a Descent pops up, and I leave I leave Q from Quest Hutball faster than the Millennium Falcon making the Kessel Run. So, I mean, you know, a new war zone is exciting, but, you know, you have to kind of take a look at a couple of the more recent ones and say, uh, okay, let's just wait and see here. Now, the bantha in the room here is class balance, and there are no details on what's going to change, but changes are coming this July. So as always, be careful what you wish for because some things are going to get nerfed and some things are going to get buffed. And I'm pretty sure I know which side of the credit my Merc is going to fall on. Um, but, you know, class balance changes will start in July with the following classes getting changes in game update 5.3. And that's a Sorcerer and Sage, Power Tech Vanguard, Assassin, uh, Shadow, Sniper, Gunslinger, Mercenary, Commando, and Operative scoundrel now just because you don't see a class listed doesn't mean it's not on the chopping block or i mean scheduled for improvements marauders and jugs will have their day of reckoning rest rest assured now the class balance changes as i said are coming in game update 5.3 which is called by the way sisters of carnage and how ironic that the game update that threatens to gut many of the classes has carnage in its name coincidence i think not so one other change that's coming is unassembled components will be legacy-wide currency. And we don't know exactly when this is coming, but this is something they would like to do and something I would like to see. So this could mean, though, that they won't make any changes to the rate at which you earn them. Because now when you PvP, it's all for one and one for all with your characters. All right, so they also talked about uh, story and companions and this was a pretty meaty section and one that has me excited like an hk droid that's been granted permission to use extreme prejudice so um what 
Keith wrote was this. He said, we will continue moving the story forward after the events on Iocath. As we announced at our recent cantina in Orlando during Star Wars Celebration 2017, the next major story update is coming in August with Crisis on Umbara, featuring an exciting new flashpoint on the shadowy planet. We won't give you spoilers about this new area, but we'll reveal more as we get closer to the general release. Now, if you recall, Umbara is a planet from the Clone Wars story arc, Darkness on Umbara. It's coming in the form of a flashpoint that I will assume has story, veteran, and master modes. If all you care about is the story, I'm sure you'll be able to grab your favorite companion and enjoy the story without others goading you into spamming your spacebar. Uh, we know bringing back, and so, and they talked about companions too, by the way. And he's, Keith wrote, we know bringing back your old companions is extremely important, so expect to see more of them returning throughout the year. Additionally, as we release updates over the summer, you'll be able to customize some of your favorite companions, including Theron, Lana, Shay, Koth, and Senya. In addition, we'll review and adjust which companions you received through Alliance Alerts. So other than people dressing up these beloved companions in skimpy spacewear and dragging them through places like Hoth and Ilum, I think this is a great change. Out of all the companions mentioned, Lana and Koth are the only ones I can truly see in different outfits, although Senya in Thexen's outfit, or perhaps as a cool night set, does sound pretty cool. And as far as Koth is concerned, I'd say feel free to give him the Quinn treatment, although I thought Quinn was great in the Iocath story if you sided with the Emperor. He definitely changed my thinking about him, and I was not a big fan, And uh, but I just like the way he sort of comported himself in that story chapter. So also, uh, let's see, what did Keith say? Also on companions, Keith said, we will continue to provide regular improvements for companions this year to enable you to increase their influence by doing in-game tasks you typically do when you play. Companions remain an important part of SWOTOR, and we look forward to introducing improved ways for you to engage with them. We already know that companions will gain influence from crew skill missions in game update 5.2.2. Please, for the love of the force, let this be a substantial gain and not that paltry 250 golf clap of influence that Major Pierce earns every time I PvP. I want a giant Nico Okar size of drunken I love you man every time I send someone on a mission. I want the influence meter to fill up so fast that I turn to my companions and tell them I think I'm choking up. I have double digit characters with double digit companions. It is time to turn this up to 11. Uh, Keith went on to say, in addition, based on the feedback we received about Iocath, we are exploring options for new daily areas, adding or updating events, and offering special rewards for a variety of in-game activities. I love daily areas, but I found Iocath to be a bit of a miss, but I would certainly welcome a new daily area in the future. I would also love to see some of the current events, like say the Gree, get some new quests or items. I would not lose any sleep if the Gree Heroic Plus 4 were to become something else, anything else. You could change it to Quest Hutball, and it would be 3,720 times better than what it is today. Now Keith went on to talk about quality of life changes for the game, and I am never one to shun a quality of life improvement. 
It took a while to get used to the new Galaxy map, but I love it. And other than their potential cost, new speeder ranks are welcome, as is the upcoming legacy-wide perk to boost Command CXP. The one thing that caught my eye was this mentioned. We will regularly look to offer more customization improvements, such as adding weapon tuning enhancements to player collections. I've yet to get or use a weapon tuning because they are ridiculously expensive and like dies. They're just things that get thrown away. You know, you use it once and that's it. If tunings can be added to collections, I'll consider giving them a second look, or I guess in this case, really a first look. That was it. But that was it for quality of life. Like I said, you can't go wrong with, with quality of like life changes. So the more, more the merrier I say with that. The next section that uh, Keith Mint brought up in the roadmap was the summer of SWOTOR. And this summer, SWOTOR looks to deliver three game updates. And thanks to the data miners, the Nexu was let out of the bag early on some of these features. But it's still nice to get confirmation that they are indeed coming. Game Update 5.2.2 releases on June 13th and has the following features. The return of the Narshada Life Night Nightlife event with all new rewards including a new Gamorian companion, uh, Starfighter improvements, increased requisition gains, gunship and bomber available by default, and new ship customization options. Companion influence earned from crew skill missions, which I talked about a minute ago. Command experience legacy perk for alts. Once your one of your characters reaches command rank 300, you can acquire a new legacy perk to increase CXP gains on all your other characters, and I believe that's going to be a 25% boost, although it wasn't specifically mentioned in the roadmap. Also coming in 5.2.2, the ability to craft Tier 4 armor. Also coming, both Theron Shan and Shea Vizsla's appearances can now be customized. Uh, there will be new legacy perks for mount speeds 4 and 5, which will grant 120 and 130% increased movement speed, respectively. And Tier 1 gear can now be purchased for command tokens. Not a bad one on the bunch. Uh, the Nightlife event is a favorite of mine, and the new Jackpot reward, a Grimorian companion, fits in perfectly with the companion influence changes, assuming he can be sent on crew skill missions, of course. Uh, tier 4 crafted gear is nice. I have a number of companions stuck in Galactic Command Tier 1, but wearing Tier 4 hand-me-downs. This makes it possible to get ear implants and relics of a higher tier. So I, I look forward uh, to this. And then there are the Galactic Starfighter changes. At least it's not entirely forgotten. I mean, it still stinks of a red-headed stepchild. And I gave it an honest look in 5.2. I truly did. It's just not for me right now. I might have to do the baby feeding technique on this one. You know, the first bite of new food is all about the shock value. The second bite is to see if you like it or not. And then the third bite is to confirm that you actually don't like it. So I may have to take another look at Galactic Starfighter in 5.2.2 and take that third bite. Uh, game Update 5.3, Sisters of Carnage is coming in July. Uh, this includes the gods from the machine's second encounter, uh, a Vela and Esne, in story and veteran mode. A brand new stronghold with a great view of the ocean. The ability to search for stronghold decorations using new filters. And the start of class balance changes for the following, which I had mentioned before, but again, just worth repeating. Sorcerer Sage, Power Tech Vanguard, Assassin Shadow, 
Sniper, Gunslinger, Mercenary, Commando, Operative, Scoundrel. And then, of course, appearances for additional companions that can now be customized. So two things uh, struck me here. First was the confirmation of the Manon Stronghold. This was a pretty bad kept secret. Uh, I've written about it on my blog, and I am as excited now as I was then. But what really has me excited is the ability to search for stronghold decorations. I can't tell you the number of times I've clicked on a hook knowing full well what I want to put there only to not find it because I didn't know the name, the type of the decoration, or the type of hook it can go on. So this is big, people. This is big. And the Summer of SOTOR will conclude with Game Update 5.4 in August, which will be called Crisis on Umbara. And it will introduce a new flashpoint and continue the story that began on Iocath. And then Keith wrapped up the roadmap with his plans on future communication and dialogue uh, of the game. And this is what he said about that. Starting this week and weekly thereafter, throughout June and July, we are going to be posting on the forums to share specific features we're thinking about and those already in process. We want to get your input and talk through the pros and cons of each topic to see how you feel. We'll set expectations for how we want to interact to keep our engagement productive, but if we all do this correctly, it'll be a fun and rewarding experience. We will be posting on a very wide range of topics, everything from new content to the reinvigoration of existing features. Look out for these posts every Wednesday. If that changes, we'll let you know in advance. And of course, I plan to deliver an updated roadmap each quarter. This way you can see not only the direction we are heading, but you'll know what to expect specifically over the few months. I think this is a great communication plan, and I especially like his willingness to discuss features they're thinking about. The caveat with that is some of those features might not make it to the live game or could take longer to get there than we'd like. Remember, Charles Boyd talked about getting weapons in the outfit designer as something they'd like to do this year, and yet that feature did not make it into the roadmap. My final observation before I wrap this up is given what they're planning to release and the time frame for it all, I don't see much room to deliver a new expansion in the fall slash winter. I do believe we'll get another one, but it may not happen until early 2018. In the meantime, we can grab a Corellian ale from the cooler, turn up the music, open the sunroof, and let Keith drive. So that's a lot of great stuff to be sure. Keith said he has four tunes, Galactic Rank 300. Good Lord, that's a lot. I have exactly one tune at that rank. Granted, he is one armoring away from 248 BIS, or best in slot, I should say. And I do have some other well-geared tunes via the leftovers, but I don't have anyone else close to rank 300. That's impressive indeed. The final topic I have for this week, and I knew I was going to be short on time with the uh, producer's roadmap, but I I wanted to continue uh, my discussions and my talk about my experiences with PvP. As I mentioned in the opening, I'm becoming a bit of a PvP junkie here, although I still consider myself to be somewhat of a newbie. I'm still learning. I'm still trying to get better. Still still trying to find ways to improve. But my tip for this week is be aggressive or rather be proactive. And just to recap from the last few episodes uh, in terms of what I've talked about 
for PvP and getting started with PvP, if you remember, step one was learn how to have fun. Just just go into the war zone and just enjoy yourself, have a good time, and you know, make sure it's something you want to come back and do again. Uh, step two was to actually learn the war zones, you know, find out, you know, what the objectives are and, and what, it, you know, how you win and how you lose. Uh, step three was to learn your class in PvP. And believe me, if all you've ever done is, is, is play operations, you'd be amazed at how many things you may not have known about your class until you stepped into PvP. PvP will make you a better player in PvE. And so this next step uh, I want to talk about is 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 to be proactive when it comes to the objectives. Don't rely on your teammates to do all the work. Don't be afraid to click on stuff. In fact, look, you should be looking for opportunities to click on stuff. In war zones like ancient hypergator civil civil war, I look to see if any of my teammates are running to cap our pylon or turret. If they are, I might go to the mid. If nobody heads out, then I head out and we'll try and cap. When fighting in the Void Star and Avari Coast, I look for opportunities to plant a bomb or capture a bunker. Earlier this week, I had a really great Odessan Proving Grounds, which is saying something because this war zone makes no sense to me. I hate it. The map is confusing, and no matter which way I run, I always end up in the cantina. When I see a teammate standing in a control point, I never know if I should join them or run around and find something else to do. It took about a dozen matches before I was comfortable with the buffs. I used to avoid them like the rat ghoul plague. And when I did get one, I'd never know what to do with it and would run around aimlessly, the glowing beam on my head hovering like a digital dunce cap. In this one battle, though, the stars aligned and I did two great things. I deactivated a control point, denying the enemy crucial points, and I sliced one of ours for double points. Now, I'm not saying I single-handedly won the match, but I am forever referring to this as my little maneuver at the Battle of Odessa. I also had the best Void Star of my life this week, too. When I first started to PvP the Void Star, or the Avoid Star, as I like to call it, it was almost as confusing as Odessa. There were matches where I had no idea if we were winning or losing. We'd get to the end of the match, and I'd be like Talos Drelic after a firefight. Are we dead yet? Oh my goodness, we won! I mean, the objectives were completely foreign to me, and I would just run around trying to kill as many people as I could. Maximum carnage. That was the objective. Eventually, I learned the game. Attackers try to blow up a door. If you blow up a door and progress no further, and then stop the other team from blowing up a door, you win. It took many matches to realize that you didn't actually need to get the data core to win. My trial by error culminated into a gem of a match. I planted the bomb on not one, not two, but three doors, and I also deactivated the force field in the final room because I am a merc and we can do anything. I had a terrific ancient hypergate this week as well. You know, the one about the, the Gree. Strange aliens with powerful technology technology and colorful language. See what I did there. Uh, they also have a war game with some important rules. One such rule is why die for your cause when you can let the other bastard die for theirs. You would think that dying in any war zone is bad, and this is true, but dying in the ancient hypergate is worse than others, a lesson I learned the hard way. If this game allowed macros, mine would have been me yelling, hold my beer, before running headlong into a sea of red nameplates. That was my MO in the early days of playing the Ancient Hypergate, because I didn't know what else to do. Reckless Abandon, that was the objective. Well, it turns out I like winning, and that was most definitely not a winning strategy. You need to find the perfect balance of 
shuttling orbs to your pylon whilst shuttling your opponents to their med center. Uh, Alderaan Civil War is another one that I've gotten comfortable with, but it took a while. In fact, after about six forays into this war zone, I started taking bets on the over-under of the likelihood of that the Galactic Empire would destroy this planet before I learned how to play this war zone. Snow, grass, and call-out were just random words that people like to shout during a match. Did you know that if you're guarding a turret, that it's proper etiquette to notify your team via chat if an enemy is headed your way? Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, instructions would be levied left and right, and as our starship was getting blown to bits, I'd hide behind columns in the middle, popping up like a prairie dog to do worthless pew-pew. Well, those days are long gone, and I now seek to, you know, contribute and click on things and, and capture objectives and just kind of play the war zone to win. In fact, one of the things I like to do is if other people are going to cap like a turret or a pylon, I'll check to see how long it's taking. And if it's not capped early, that means they're getting attacked and I'll head out to help because I know they need it. And the other things I'll do sometimes, especially if I'm grouped with a friend, is we'll go to the other team's node and try and cap it or keep them from capping it. Uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, those delays can help win a match. So that's all for PvP this week. I still can't believe how much I'm enjoying it. Uh, I have a long way to go to improve, but it is going well. And if you're like me and have just avoided PvP, you really ought to give it a try. You know, take the take those baby bites, right? Take the you know the first bite, you know, for the shock value. Take that second bite, make sure you don't like it, and just to see if you like it, I should say. And then take that third bite and just to confirm whether or not PvP is or isn't for you. Because I avoided it for, what, five years? And then it turns out it really was the thing for me. And I just love to to go in there and, and play. So that's it for this week. So the producer's roadmap, a lot of good stuff there. Like I said, I'm enjoying my PvP. So let me cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 39 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show site, which is SOTORpodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotarpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotarpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. And despite being a couple days late out of the gate, you can look for episode 40 on June 13th, 2017. And remember the Sith code, cake is alive.